Hi, everyone. Today we have a very okay. special guest. We're talking with Laura Shipman. She's a, a social media consultant who offers training and workshops um, to help people navigate the Instagram and Canva and all the other social media out there. The list is too long to say them all. Um, <laughs> she's also the host of an amazing podcast, The Laura Shipman Show, which discusses social media, time management, marketing, incredible tips, really insightful. So uh, thanks for joining us today, Laura. We're really happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. This is such a treat. So Laura, we met you on an OSA, OSA chat. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so for people who are listening, OSA is this great platform that helps women get advertising in their podcasts. And uh, when this pandemic was about two weeks old, they had a big um, series of, of just small Zoom meetings where people could meet other women who have podcasts and Laura, Laura was one of them and she caught our attention. Um, so it's nice to actually finally meet you in yeah. person, you know, in person <laughs> and, right. um, and to kind of get everybody, uh, give everybody a sense of what you do. So, um, you know, thank you to Anna and Lisa and Aileen who have started tuning in. People are dropping in as we chat. If anybody has any comments about social media, podcasts, uh, all kinds of topics that Laura will let you know she covers, and um, I'm sure she'd be happy to answer them. Yeah, absolutely. Love answering questions. So if people have them, definitely let me know. <laughs> Excellent. So um, do you mind just kind of by starting giving everybody a little overview about what you do? Yeah, sure. So I started out with my own business like back in, gosh, 2007, before social media was even a thing, which was kind of cool because I got to grow up with social media and I feel bad for the people or the entrepreneurs or the small businesses who are jumping into social media now because it's like a fire hose of water, like just coming at you. And there's totally. so much, oh yeah, it's just intimidating <laughs> and overwhelming. And I was lucky because I just kind of, you know, got on board even before it started. Um, and I just, you know, content creation became my passion. Like I love creating content. I love trying to figure out new and exciting ways for people to, um, to gain impact on their social media uh, accounts and things like that. So I usually just um, focus on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. I do a little bit of Twitter, um, Pinterest, you know, I love Pinterest is a great tool. And then um, you mentioned Canva. I love Canva for all of my graphics and stuff because that was a struggle too starting out early is, you know, I didn't have any graphic design background. And so they've made it so easy for us now with tools like Canva and then the different schedulers that we have out there to schedule social media and, and get it out there. And one of the things that I always focus on for people is just like their biggest pain point with social media is not having the time and then not being consistent in their social media. So I try and address that. And one of my favorite things to do is my batch and slay method of just getting people through social media and creating like a month's worth of content. Um, so you're not stressed out about it and that you're not married to your phone or to your laptop to try and keep that all up and running. But yeah, so that's what I do. So I manage for different accounts for a lot of people. I manage a ton of different accounts and it's just me. I'm a one woman show. And then I do a lot of trainings and workshops and things like that too. 
And you have a podcast. And, yes. And of course the podcast, which I like to um, call that as a, a teaching podcast. It's one of those things that, you know, you jump in, you listen, and you're going to leave there with something to execute that you can try in your business immediately. Like I don't, I don't like leading people down a path of just, you know, fluff and stuff that, you know, I want people when they listen to me that they're actually going to take something um, that I say and execute it in their business and then see results right away. I'm a big proponent of that for sure. Well, I think one of the things we most appreciate about what you're doing is like you are so forthcoming with your information. Mm-hmm. So obviously you do this as a business, but mm-hmm. you, I mean, your resource page on your website is amazing. Oh, thank you. I mean, we, we printed out the list of all the free resources you give people about, you know, repurposing content and um, turning statistics into inter- infographics. And there's just like all of these, there's like a long list, failure to plan and um, ignoring strategy. Like there's just, like you were just saying, like everything is actionable. Everything yes. you provide people is like, oh, I can go do this right now. And I, I can up my game. And so it's really great of you to provide so much free information to people because there's, there's so many people out there where they, they get you on the hook, like, oh, there's yeah. a webinar and I'm going to watch it. And you get pretty much have already heard everything that they're giving you for free. And yeah. then at the end of it, it's like, so pay me $1,500 and then I'll teach you. <laughs> right. And then, you know, because I learned, I learned like that too. And that was one of the things that frustrated me the most when I was just out there starting to learn is they say there's a lot of free information, but there's really not a lot of free information. And one of the things that frustrated me was this hook, like you were talking about, and I lost credibility in the person I was learning from, because what they do is you hook, they hook you in with that hook and you jump into that next course or that next webinar, or whatever it may be. And you still kind of leave with more questions than answers. And maybe you didn't get the answer to that initial hook before they're trying to sell you to the next one. Right. And it just it frustrated me so much. So I swore I would never do that. And one of the, somebody once said to me, but Laura, you give everything you know away for free. Aren't you afraid that people won't hire you? And I'm like, no, it's actually just the opposite. Mm-hmm. My business has blossomed because of that, because you build, you build that trust with the people who are out there and you don't know who you're impacting impacting um whenever you put anything out there whether it's a podcast a blog post you know an instagram post you don't know whose life you're going to touch and actually change what's going on for them help them experience a quick win and the minute that they experience that quick win i think you've got them for life and they're always turning towards you and then sooner or later, they probably will become a client. And what I want to say about that is the way that I position myself as a marketer, when I'm marketing, it's a, it's a marathon. Like you're not going to make a sale overnight at all. And I I think it's ridiculous to think that you're going to be able to do that by just posting one salesy post on social media. Right. I, I, and for anybody who's listening to us or watching us today, I really challenge you to figure out how you can get a little meatier in the content that you put out there and even where it does feel like you're giving your stuff away for free because it's going to change the whole dynamic of your business when you do that I truly believe that so yeah it's one of those things oops yeah so so you know speaking from personal experience Amy and I have 
several pages. We have mm -hmm. a group. We mm -hmm. have Instagram. We have Twitter. We have Facebook. We have Pinterest. We haven't even dove into any of the other. How how do you what advice do you give people to sort of manage your time and not be totally consumed by social media every day? I mean, I know Amy and I probably spend a couple hours each on social media every day. Mm -hmm posting and commenting you know we know engagement is important so we're out there talking to people and <laughs> but it's yeah, overwhelming that's like yeah. a really good question so i think um one of the first things that you have to determine is where your audience is like what social platform does your audience hang out on and that's where you want to be more prevalent or the most prevalent and then i if pe people always ask me, well, where should I be on social media? And it's gonna depend for everybody's business, but I think minimally everybody should have a Facebook page and, and then add one other social media platform to it. And here's why, and I'm kind of taking the long way around to, your an to answer your question, but here's why, because I think people, the, they treat Facebook now how people treated, um, websites maybe five, seven years ago, right? So think of Facebook as your brochure. You may not get a lot of interactions on Facebook at all. And in fact, your engagement rate might be really low, but that's okay. Don't throw out Facebook because of that. It still holds a purpose. And the way that Facebook is setting up um, the business page right now, it almost acts like a mini website. So you can throw in services in there and really describe those and put pricing on that if you want to. You can sell from your Facebook page, all of these things, but people are gonna wanna see who you are as a business and how you respond to the people who connect with your business on Facebook. So, so Facebook, I think you need to have that. Then figure out what your second, what your second social media platform is. And the way that I look at time management with social media is this, and I'm gonna kind of give you guys insight to my batch and slay program, because I think, I think this will really resonate with people and help people understand. Before I ever worked in the digital marketing space, I used to work for the top sunglass retailer in the world. And I was in their training and development department as well. And I was also in their store operations department and their marketing department. So I know a lot about retail and stuff and how people purchase and how people consume information and things like that. And it dawned on me when I was working, I you know, have multiple clients and it dawned on me, why don't I do what retailers do? And what retailers do is this, they have one major message for a month or a quarter. And it's no surprise. Like you walk into the mall, if we could do that today, walking <laughs> through the mall, right? And you approach your favorite retailer and you're hit with this big banner at the front door. So let's just take Bath and Body Works, for example, because they do this really well. They usually have um, two like kind of cubes on the outside of the um, door that has products on either side. So it's flanking the store. And then they've got this big banner that just like smacks you in the face as you're walking in. And then when you're walking through their store, you'll see these little micro messages throughout the store that brings you from the front of the store to the back of the store. And it's whatever deals they got on, whatever new sense they've brought in, whatever their focus is for that month or that quarter. And I'm thinking to myself, if the big guys do this, if the big retailers do it, why shouldn't we be doing that with our business on social media? It's basically the same, th same thing, right? That's so what I, what I recommend people do is you look at your, your year month by month and you figure out 
every business has a seasonality to it, right? So figure out what works for you in the summer months, what works for you in the fall months, what works for you in the winter months, and what works for you in the spring. And figure out what your overall message is going to be for that quarter. And so, or for that month, I mean, it really depends on your business. And then you're going to figure out how many messages your business has that you can sprinkle throughout the year. So let's just take my business, for example, as a social media manager or consultant or something like that. Let's say right now people are struggling with content creation, creating content. I might pick that as my focus for the next month or the next quarter. And so what I'll do is I'll kind of brainstorm on all of the different things that I can provide for creating content. Like what are the tips and tricks? What are the trainings? What are those things that I can do for content creation? And then I'll plot that out on my um, content calendar. And so that way, what happens is, let's break it down for a month, for example. Let's say the month of July coming up, we are gonna talk about content. And let's say I'm only gonna post three times a week. And I'm assuming July has, is a four week month. Let's just assume it is. <laughs> so if I'm posting three times a week times four weeks, that's only 12 posts that I need to come up with. And so my overarching theme is um, content creation. So I just know that I need to come up with about 12 posts to talk all about content creation. Now, if you have other parts of your business that you want to promote or talk about and think that's okay, I'm not saying throw those things away, but what I'm telling you is like kind of get laser focused on whatever that main topic is. And what's gonna happen is two things. You're really going to drive that portion of your business for the timeframe that you've picked. You're also positioning yourself as a thought leader or the go-to expert in your space because now all of a sudden, People are constantly hearing, oh, Laura's really an expert on content creation. She's an expert on content creation. Now, every time they think about content, they're thinking of Laura Shipman. And so, and you just become a leader in that space. So it's a really great focused way of explaining to your audience what you do and how well you do it so they don't forget it. Because if you're peppering them with all the messages about all portions of your business, you're going to lose, they're, they're going to be confused right? Because people need to hear or see a message 12 or 13 times, whatever that number is before it resonates with them. So getting back to your original question of time management, yeah. once you work in that framework of figuring out what your content's going to be for a month and you sit down and you do it, like maybe it takes you an hour or two to do it, you've got so much free time now that you're not trying to scramble coming up with content throughout the month because you've already written that plan at the beginning. Does that make sense? Does that help at all? 100%, it's so yeah. helpful. And, um, and I wanna say one of the free resources that you have is, um, I have my note here somewhere, is, is like a strategy for, mm -hmm. for yep. the year. A schedule. Right? Yeah. Yep, yeah. yeah, that was one of the things. I think I might even have a uh, podcast about that as well. I think mm -hmm. it coincides mm -hmm. with the podcast. And so I explain it in the podcast and then people can, um, you know, take that little plan that I created for them and just start plotting that stuff out. But that's how I do it. Like, and that's me being a one woman show and I have multiple, you know, in the double digit of clients, how do I get it done? I'll, I'll like get it done like that. That's how I do it is I think in 
in blocks of time and topics. And a lot of times what I'll do for my clients is we'll pick a topic for the month. And actually the blog post is the one piece of content that drives all the other content. So if you think of your content as a wheel, right? And in the middle, you've got like this, you know, where all the spokes come off of the wheel, that's your blog post in the middle. And so if you do a really good job of building out the content in the blog post, and maybe you only do one blog a month, but you do a really good job on that blog, you're going to have all sorts of content that you can just copy and paste and tweak. So you're not, you know, recreating the wheel every time. Right. If that that's makes right. sense. So well, that's a life-changing bit of advice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as I'm a really important question. What was the sunglass company that you worked for? I worked with Sunglass Hat International. Oh. You guys probably all know them. <laughs> They're in like, yeah. like, so oh. I basically have been in every airport and um, mall <laughs> and exactly. yeah. Yeah. destination yeah. location. Yeah. I, yeah. I asked because our father was an ad man. He had a, his own ad agency for years and his biggest client was Foster Grant. Oh, okay. So yeah, we yeah. grew up with Foster Grant sunglasses yeah. and mm -hmm. The family lore, as he came up with that saying, is that you behind those foster grants? That's cute. But we've come to That's find out that that might not be really true. <laughs> According to Wikipedia, at least. Uh, although I guess we could just go in and change that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we have a question from Lisa who says, I have a Facebook page mm -hmm. to try and sell my products, but no idea exactly what to do with it. Where do I start? Clueless into hunger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious, what kind of product does she have? What is she trying to sell? Um, she fiber artist and she crochets um, beautiful um, you know scarves and knits and so she's a, a one-woman operation um, mm -hmm. you know crochet artist mm -hmm. okay she, so she has seasonal uh, lines too I think mm -hmm. that's so she could probably do that seasonal thing you were talking about yeah, yeah that would yeah. work really well so I would almost um, treat her page as a brochure like I was saying at the beginning and make sure that she's got all of her products out there and now Instagram and Facebook both announced that they're doing all of these shoppable things on Instagram. They're leveling it up a little bit more than, than it was before. So I would look into that. And what does and that mean? Shoppable things. So like you can do, um, I just glanced at this really quickly, but you'll be able to have like almost like a storefront, I think on Instagram. So they're just launching that right now they have shoppable posts and stuff like that on Instagram where you can actually shop from a post, but I think they're making it more of a transactional storefront from what I read. And I just read that, that this week, but I think for her, it would be really important for people to see how she actually makes the products so that they can see the quality and the time that's involved and actually take them through her process so that people get to know intimately the business and the brand. And, and don't be afraid to show what it looks like behind the scenes in, in your business at all, because that builds more trust with the audience. Because if they get to know like how much time and care you put into each piece of artwork that you're making, you know, I mean, cause that is artwork to be able to crochet like that, yeah. I think is really important. And then telling stories behind like each piece. Storytelling is a huge part of making sure that, um, that people get in touch with your brand. But I would definitely say, Facebook and build that out, use all the, I think there's even a template. If you go into the settings of your Facebook business page, um, you know, pick the right template for your page. A lot of people don't know how to do that and they haven't done that. So they're just on a basic page 
or they're on some like bizarre template that really doesn't make sense for their product or their service. Can you go in and change that after the fact if you realize that you're- yep. Yeah, you can change your template at any time, yeah. And, and I, I think what you just said leads to an important point, which I know you make a lot, which is um, you don't wanna be sell, sell, selling to people. You don't want every post to be like, buy my scarf. You want to engage them in other ways, right? Exactly right. Yep. And, and that ends up being selling anyways, because people are more involved with what you're doing and showing them that you're selling them without even realizing you're selling them, if, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. A lot of what we hear, um, and we've taken this advice to heart, because in the beginning, our, our company is about promoting other women. Mm -hmm. And so we spent the first year or so of our business promoting other women and no one knew who we were. Yeah. And people kept saying to us, you know, you've got to be the face of your brand, even though the point is to promote the other women, they need to know about you. So we've been trying to, to do that more. So talk a little bit about how you balance that. How do you balance promoting yourself versus promoting your product or your brand or your service? So that's a really good question. And I, it can be a struggle to do that. And I think Instagram makes it very easy for us to find the balance and here's why. I think if you look at the regular grid on Instagram and you see like just the regular static posts in your grid there, I think that's a really great place just to showcase your business and what's going on in your business. But Instagram stories, I think is a fantastic way to bring people in to get to know you as a person and get to know the heart behind the brand. And so some of the things that I do, well, on my Instagram stories, I'll give a content tip every day. So every day when you come in, you're going to get one little, you know, quick win of what I can do for a content idea. But then the rest of the time, I'll show you my dogs. Well, you know, I'll show you, I'll tell you like last week or the week before I did a post about how I cut an avocado, which is like different than how anybody else has cut an avocado. And it got me the most traction. It was crazy because, you know, um, so what happened was when you show somebody how to do something outside of your business and they can apply it at home, they're like trusting you automatically. So because right. I showed them how to cut this avocado without slicing your hand open, you know how you cut it in half and you're supposed to whack the seed and like <laughs> Which pull never it out. Works. Yeah, yeah, I can't do works, that. <laughs> right? So what you do is you cut the avocado in fourth. So you cut it in half like you would and then go around the other half. And then all of a sudden this thing blooms like a flower and falls uh -huh. apart. Uh, nice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so glad that you agree with that. I've been, that's what I've been doing the last like two weeks. I started doing that. <laughs> so funny. So I showed people on Instagram how to do that. And it was like, oh my God. And then, you know, like, it, so those sort of things, I think that's like a really great way to balance between your business and who you are as a brand. Yeah. So and you then, use your stories to be more personal yes. and then the posts are more business related. Yeah, that's how I do it. And it works mm -hmm. well for me because I yeah. tend to have more conversations in the stories with people mm -hmm. than I, because and stories makes it really easy with all the stickers. Right, so right. I call them engagement stickers that you have access to. So it makes it more conversational than say a post. And so what I'll do for my, um, for my posts is I'll do like infographics, mini trainings um, that are carousel slides and Instagram. And then I'll, I'll share those over on Facebook too. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, that's how I do the balance. That's great. That's, that's good advice too. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of us have experienced the 
just kind of hitting the wall in mm -hmm. growing our audience. Mm -hmm. and it's like you have those, you know, periods where it's just like, oh, wow, we got another hundred people. And, and then, you know, like we're right now at the point where we have 980, 80, 80 or 81 women, <laughs> and 82 women in our group, but it's like, getting those getting up to that thousand mark which is like our our big goal everybody keeps hearing us talk about is like pulling teeth so how what advice do you have for people who are just trying to grow not, not looking to get to be have a million followers tomorrow but keep the growth going right so i think it comes down to really making an effort in engagement so and what i mean by that is really taking time to, you know, if you're in a face, if you're in Facebook and Facebook is your place, you know, engage in the groups that your members with and answer questions that are in there that are occurring in there in those, those groups. Or on Instagram, it's really easy to reach out to new people and just comment and like and share their posts and then talk to them in the direct messages. And I think the more networking you do, you will see that growth happen. And so I've seen it happen in my own account where I'll spend like one or two weeks, like hyper-focused on networking and connecting with people and it works. And then, then you kind of get, oh, this is easy now it's working, whatever. And then you kind of rest on your laurels a little bit. <laughs> and then, then you hit that plateau. Well, it's kind of the same. And so then you got to go back out and engage and stuff like that. So the engagement portion is really important. Yeah. for sure yeah so it's so. important to it's important to comment on other people's posts mm -hmm. and let them know you're there for them as well as expecting them to be there's yes. just like a life a, a real life friendship um, yeah it's just I look right. at um networking on social media as I would networking in person yeah. you know when you're going to networking groups and things like that kind of apply those same principles and practices to the online world yeah that's great um, do you have like one big client success story that was like your most proudest moment? Mm, let me think here. Well, one of the things that I'm most proud about is um, definitely my retention, um, my client retention, like they're lifers. They've been with me from like from the beginning. Um, some big wins. What I really like to do, I have a restaurant client that um, is a really good one. And our success stories with them is they do cooking classes well, when we could get together and things like that. And to be able to sell out a cooking class by using social media is just huge for me. I just think that in selling out with the when they have special dining events in their dining room to be able to sell those out too. Those are success stories for me. I love, you know, they wouldn't have been able to do it without me. So, yeah. And then and, one other thing that okay. was, kind of, was kind of cool too is being able to take on the voice of my client um, is really exciting because they will get into the DMs and start messaging back and forth and believe that they're talking to the owner because I've been able to know their business really well and be able to speak like they would speak or whatever. And I remember this one time I slipped, I did something, you know, <laughs> saying, oh, I think it was the restaurant. I said, oh, chef, let me ask chef. He's like, oh, this isn't chef. I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> it's not. I burst his little bubble <laughs> because he thought he was. So, so that's like, that was a huge one for me too, personally. Yeah. That's yeah. not easy to do. No, it's Especially not. Especially when you have it's, multiple clients. It's right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And in, in different industries too. They're not all from the same industry at all. Yeah. So you mentioned restaurants, which has obviously been a, a big 
topic of conversation in the last couple of months. How has all of this coronavirus craziness impacted your clients and, and you? Yeah, so for the restaurant, it's been a struggle for them. But, you know, the one thing that's really cool about them is they're resilient and flexible, meaning that they're not afraid of trying new things. So we were always on DoorDash and Grubhub and all of those things. But we, you know, we did different things to like inject interest in those areas. That wasn't a big part of their business. But then what we did is we made sure it became the big part of their business. And we just kind of massaged things a little bit so that we were flexible with what's going on now. And, stuff. and then communication was huge um, during the whole coronavirus thing, just being able to eloquently communicate what's going on so that we're following the rules that the governor for our state has put forth and that we're making sure our customers are happy and satisfied and safe. What part of the country are you in? We're in Florida. You're in Florida. Where are you? Are you, are you still uh, locked down or are you able to go out now? No, we can go out now. Um, so restaurants and bars are open, but at I believe 50% capacity and then six feet social distancing. So mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, I was easy. reading this great article this morning about this. We're out in California about this uh, um, new rest a restaurant in Los Angeles that started this thing called a landing a landing pad, I think they called it. And so they're, they're, you know, doing every other table. So people are six feet apart. And then every table has a, a small little side table on wheels. So the waiters come out and put the utensils and the food and everything on the little side cart and walk away. And then you pull the side cart over and set your table and get your food. And then when you're done with your stuff, you put it on the cart and they put the bill there. And, you know, so, so they really have figured out this way. Cause that's what Amy and I were talking the other day. Like, how do you go to a restaurant and not have contact with the waiter? Like yeah, right, I went, hand I went, things back and forth. Yeah. And, yeah. I went yeah, out on Sunday. Out. They call it the landing pad. That's <laughs> cool. I That's went out cool. on Sunday to a restaurant. I actually went to a restaurant the other day and, um, and ate in the restaurant. And it was, I was saying to my sister, that it was like being that tiny cat in that poster, just hanging there. Every, everything <laughs> that happened, I was like, um, but, you know, the waiter wore a mask and gloves, but just to have a, a person that you don't know approaching you now is like so it's strange really yeah. a weird feeling and um you know they were very careful but i i think that extra level of distancing would have been nice it's a good idea that is a good idea yeah. i know i can't get used to wearing a mask because when i see people in public i'm smiling i'm like they probably don't even know i'm smiling at them yeah, yeah. You know, it's so sad. I know. I've I've started nodding. I'm starting yeah. to yeah. <laughs> nod because the same way. I always go out of my way. Our friend Stacy um, Newman Weldon. That was one of her big. She's a, she has a company called Adventure Wednesdays, and she takes herself on a little adventures. And one of her big things is smiling at people. You know, mm -hmm. and um, so I've really adopted that over the last few years. Like really trying to make sure I smile at someone when I walk by. And I realized yes. I went for a walk the other morning, and I'm like, "Why are they looking at me like that? I'm <laughs> smiling at them." It's like, yeah, they, they have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we have another question, which is: Should a small cleaning company start with Facebook and Instagram, or would you recommend another route? So this is a local. Um, House cleaning, house cleaning company. company. Yeah. Yeah. I think Facebook is phenomenal for that business because I, what I would do is get into all the hyper local 
groups mm -hmm. and um, just talk about your business there, you know, whatever rules the group administrators have, obviously follow those. But I think, and Instagram too, because you can, through like all the geotags and the hashtags and stuff like that, you can um, get hyper local. But I think Facebook and Instagram would be great places to start. Definitely Facebook groups, the local ones, and get to know your realtors because oh, good realtors are a great resource for house cleaners for sure. Really and Aileen commented that you can link your Instagram and Facebook accounts also, right? So what's the advantage yeah. of doing that? So it's a time-saving tip. And so there's, so there's two schools of thought um, here. Some people say, you know, you have, you can link Facebook and Instagram together. So you'll post on Instagram and it'll automatically populate over in Facebook. Some people will say, don't do that because they're two different platforms, you know, and if people are following you on Facebook and then on Instagram, they're going to see the same content. Mm -hmm. My, my thought on this is do it because I think that the Instagram user and the Facebook user are two different people. And I don't see that crossover where I've got people following me on Facebook and following me on Instagram. So, and where they're similar enough in um, their platform, I think it translates okay. But if you were to, you can also, I believe, link Instagram to Twitter and have it auto populate there. I don't think that's as effective because Twitter, you only have so many characters. It doesn't always transfer the image over correctly. There's some glitchiness that goes on there. So that's where I would say, eh, maybe not such a great idea, but Facebook and Instagram, I think it's fine. People would argue with me and everybody has their own you know, ideas about how that works, but I haven't seen a drawback from it. One of my you, other, oh, sorry, go ahead, Nan. Um, do you use any kind of uh, scheduling software so that the posts are scheduled in advance? I do. Mm -hmm. And I, I love Cinch Share. And actually, I didn't think about What's it this. called? It's called Cinch Share, C-I-N-C. Yeah, okay. I, I can give you guys a link. They gave me a special 45 day free trial, oh, which cool. I think is pretty healthy. Let me just jump over there and see if I can grab that link okay, for you. Okay, great. But it will, um, it will post to, let me just think. I know Facebook, it'll post, Instagram you can't really schedule to, but it'll send you a reminder to um, schedule out. And I think it'll do LinkedIn as well. And it's super simple to do. Hold on, let me get my, my link here. It is right here. Um, in the meantime, I'm gonna say, Lisa, Lisa asked in what way, and I don't know what that's in reference to. She's so. talking to Aileen. Oh, okay, oh, okay. They're having a little yeah. side conversation. Oh, okay, that's good, that's good. They're, <laughs> so, they're building off what you're saying. <laughs> so I put the link in um, the Zoom okay. chat for us. So I don't oh, know if great. you need to Perfect. grab yeah, it. Yeah, excellent, thank you. Perfect. So um, what was I gonna say? So I talked to the CEO of CentShare because at first I didn't use any sort of third-party scheduling because I heard rumors about the Facebook algorithm and stuff like that. Actually, I interviewed her on um, my podcast show. So you might want to listen to her. And um, one of the questions I asked her on the podcast was, I'm like, you know, I heard you, you get nailed for using an outside third-party scheduler on Facebook's algorithm. And she's like, no, we work with Facebook. They're not docking you any sort of algorithm points for using SenseShare. So I wanted to just put that out there in case anybody had fears of using that. But yeah, what's so hard to know, like what you're going to get in trouble for and what you're yeah. not. <laughs> oh, absolutely. What I love about SynthShare is they've minimized the amount of steps it takes you to schedule something on Facebook. Mm 
So Facebook scheduler, I always found a little squirrely because sometimes yeah. it would want you to go to certain parts of Facebook. It just wasn't convenient. Yeah. This one is easy and I can just blow through a bunch of posts quickly. And um, you can post, I post all of my clients through there. And so I've got like probably 30 clients sitting there and I'm able to schedule. Um, I could show you, can I do a screen share? I can show you what it looks like if you wanted to see it. Yeah, can, sure, you, that'd be great. You, can you do that yourself or do you need me to do something here? Um, let me see, hold on. Thank you. Let me go back to my little Zoom thing here and go share screen. Yeah, you have to um, enable screen share for me. See how I do that. Uh, multiple types. Okay, let's see if this works. Did that do anything? Yep. Okay. Cool. Okay. Perfect. So let me get in there. Okay. It'll be our first screen share. <laughs> We're learning already. <laughs> so this is what um, since share looks like. So what you would do, you can see this, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So you would enter text here. You would um, choose a file to upload here. Mm -hmm. So we'll just throw that in there. And then over here, you can pick the date and the time you want it to go live, AM mm -hmm. or PM. Mm -hmm. And then here you can pick all the different pages you oh, want wow. it to post to. And so it's just like, boom, boom, boom. And then you hit down here, schedule post. And it looks like it has Facebook pages and LinkedIn pages down below. Yep. yep. Right. So you can do all of that. And then over here, it just shows you all of your scheduled posts and then wow. they just post automatically for you. So and those are all your scheduled posts. Those are all my scheduled posts that are going to go out um, during the month of June. So that's me and my all my and clients. All right. clients. No, that's incredible. Yeah. But, and so then what's really cool is let's say I love this thing called text clips. Let's say you had like several calls to action. You wanted your um, people, your audience to take care of. Right. You could just like pre-write that. And then at the end, so oops, let me just, let me just move this over here. Um, so at the end you could say, oh, I wanted to put my father's day call to action in there. And it just uh, already pre-written for you. Oh, that's great. And so, so like you just, yeah. And so it's really cool. And then I'm trying to think, um, this is really cool. They, they've done some work for you, which is awesome. Oh, wow. So they have all of these different categories over here of different things. And they're already written posts that you can, that you can use. Wow. So let me just see, like, I like sometimes going in here to the quote section mm -hmm. and I'll just pull like a motivational quote okay. and then schedule it. Um, and so that way you have some of that relatable yeah. type of content going out to your, um, your audience. Okay. They've got really holidays great. like here, like they've just got, they've got, it's like you could spend days in here, but they've got like tons of already done for you posts, like engagement posts are kind of cool. Let's see what's in summer. Yeah, so some of these things like fill in the blank posts that they've done for you. So oh, that really yeah. helps get the conversation started. Right. Um, so you've got 45 days with that link. You've okay, got 45 cool. days access to this. And then it's like something crazy, like maybe $10 a month or something like that. Oh, I forget. Wow. It's really affordable That's and amazing. worth it. Right. So, um, yeah, so I thought I'd just show you that. Oh, that is great. so great. That's really great. And yeah, I so know, like, I personally haven't used a scheduling software in so long, but I feel like when we used to use them, like you would, 
it would say you could do like the at sign and tag somebody. Uh -huh. They would never come through properly. Are, is the software better at that now, or are those things you go in after the fact and kind of update? Yeah, I don't. I don't know that there's a tagging feature in SynthShare. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't used that, but I. It's funny you should ask that because yesterday, the day before, I um, attempted to do that, just that, and so I had to go into Facebook and actually tag. And actually tag. The, it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but um, Elaine anyway. is asking if there's a, a limit to how far in advance you can schedule a post. That's a good question. I haven't found one yet. Okay. Um, because I tend to, I at least do a, a month in advance, um, mm -hmm. but that's a good question. I don't think there is. Actually, let me just look at the okay. scheduler real quick. Yeah. yeah, that's so great that we really, we haven't been doing that and yeah. we really. You're, yeah, like <laughs> my just, problem is finding the time to make the schedule to schedule the things so that I'm because I'm like, okay, today I'm going to do that and then I don't yeah. get to it. And then it's like, all right, I'll just write but, tomorrow's post. <laughs> the batch and slate, like if you do my batch and slate method of sitting yeah. down, like dedicating one or two hours yeah. for the month and coming up with 12 or 15 posts for the month will really help with that. Um, I was looking at the calendar for this since share and I was able to go out to 2023. Oh, and wow. <laughs> I could still go. So I don't right. think there's, I think yeah, you can. There's no limit. That's really yeah. good. And what's your, what's your advice about how often to post and how many posts to do? Yeah. That's like when, really, what is too much, I guess. Yeah. yeah so question. the one thing is you don't want to um, give your audience post fatigue mm -hmm. or anything like that. So I don't think it's, it's okay. The one thing that you really need to focus on is the quality of your posts, like really coming up with quality posts and always ask yourself this question, why would my audience care? Why would they care what I'm posting about? Does this really give them a quick win? What do they benefit from? So that will help you create really high quality content. Then it's exhausting creating high quality content, right? So you may not need to do it five days a week. You may just do it three times a week, but make sure it's content that really counts. Like don't make your, don't, don't get caught up in the quantity game, get caught up in the quality game mm -hmm. because that's where you're going to stand out from your competition. And I so. know you say to make sure you do a mix of media to do photos and to do video, video. and mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know everybody's struggle, including my own, is just getting in front of that video camera. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, I would say, you know, a good rule of thumb is three times a week. And I would do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, because it's a good spacing across the week. You know, it's you got a good rhythm. Um, and I learned that because I had a client where the bulk of their business started on a Thursday and we would do a Thursday, Friday, Saturday posting. So by the time Tuesday came around, I was getting messages from Facebook saying, you haven't posted in a while. Your audience is looking for you. <laughs> right. So then when I'm, I'm like, oh, well, the Monday, Wednesday, Friday thing kind of makes more sense. And yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Um, Pam asks, does an author need a Facebook page separate from their personal one? Yes, absolutely. I think um, first for two reasons. One would be you need to brand yourself because as an author, your name is your brand. And so you want that brand recognition. And then when you're talking about the books and stuff that you've written and you're trying to sell books and stuff like that, if you try and talk about your business on the Facebook personal profile, that goes against 
Facebook's terms of service. And you can actually end up in Facebook jail where one day you'll wake up and you'll try and get into Facebook and you can't do anything. It won't let you post, it won't let you because you violated the terms. But um, yeah, definitely you want to be, I would even call it a public figure. I think, oh, they might even have an author template. I'm not sure. I can't remember off the top of my head. I feel like they do. Yeah. I feel like they do too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Aileen asks, um, would you recommend not scheduling out more than a month in advance? Um, you know, I've done it. I'd, um, it depends on the business and how your business fluctuates and what the business is. I've done it for some businesses that are pretty like stable, like there's not a lot of change going on. And the other thing that I like about scheduling ahead of time, if there is a change, it's an easy pivot. Um, it's an easy tweak to go into those um, scheduled posts and change them. Um, you know, it just really depends on how volatile or flexible that business is. It just, it really depends. Um, tell everybody a little bit about your Facebook group, because that's a really great resource for people who have yes. questions. So in there, um, I have a Facebook group and just people, it's, I post in there, you know, tips and tricks and things like that. I'll post articles in there. If people have questions, you know, I'm happy to answer them there. And then um, I'll, I haven't done this in a while, but I do, I used to go live in there quite a bit. I need to do that a little bit more. Um, so, and again, there, it's just quick wins, places people can go to get quick wins about social media. So. And your email blast is great too. Um, Thank you. Yeah, if I'm trying to think the best way if anybody wanted to get on that list, um, it would be through, I mean, we posted your link to your website. Yeah, if you go to your website, they, they yep. can get any of the resources they sign up for there. Yeah, we're going to post get... the resource page separately. Okay. We just yeah. posted your Facebook group link. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah, the and resource then... page is amazing. Yeah, you guys, yeah, if you guys hit any, pretty much anything on that resource page, you'll end up on my mail list. So, mm -hmm. and yeah, I don't right. spam. I, I do once a week or once every other week. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's and really it's good. Always it's always full great of information. when it pops up. Like, oh, good. Thank yeah. you. Always, something. <laughs> always info in there. Yeah. Sure. And talk a little bit about your podcast. How often do you post and what kind oh, of yeah. stuff do you cover? So the podcast, I, I post twice a week. Um, on Mondays, it's usually like a longer form training video or training podcast. And then on Wednesday, it's a mini cast. And it is just like a shot in the arm of just information that you jump in, get all the information, jump out and go execute what you've learned. And it's mostly social media based, but then I do have some entrepreneur guests that I, um, I interview here and there. So they're a lot of fun to talk to and learn from, but yeah, I try and keep it short. Like a half an hour for the most part is the longest I'll try and go mm -hmm. because I know people don't have a lot of time to listen to something that goes on for a couple of hours. Yeah. Yeah. That we do too. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's interesting. Rebecca commented that she just signed up with SCORE, a group of retired professionals who volunteer to assist people who have business questions. And she's trying to start a business and hoping that this um, will help guide her in the right direction, okay. but she's feeling overwhelmed. So, um, yeah. You know, we kind of touched on this with Lisa earlier, but what do you, what's your number one suggestion for someone who's starting a business, not only learning social media, but actually starting a business while they're trying to 
learn the, the social media curve? What, what's your best tip for them? For them, from social media standpoint or from business standpoint? Um, either, if you have advice on both. So from social media, I would say definitely come up with a plan and figure out like how often you're going to post. And I, I would start slow, you know, just do like three times and then figure out the value that you're adding to somebody. Like, why would they care about what you're posting? That's what I, and, and understand that it's a marathon, right? Not a sprint because um, it will take you some time to get some traction, you know? Um, and I, in network, like just network, like what we're doing here, you know, collaborating with people. Actually, that's a really great way to get more exposure for your business, your page is to collaborate with businesses kind of in the same niche, but that are not direct competitors where you can have a conversation like this with each other. You can interview each other. You can offer each other, you know, offer the audiences, you know, different things that they can benefit from. That's what I would do. I think your network is going to be your biggest thing. And that's what social media marketing really, I think is, is more about networking and getting to know people and learning from those people and offering value. Yeah, like we've found a few groups. It took us a while to find the right fit of other groups to be a part of. Mm -hmm. um, but once we did, we really started to build connections. Like I, I, I was the biggest skeptic about social media for years. <laughs> I didn't even have my own personal page. It freaked me out. And, um, and it took a while for me to actually understand that when people said, oh, I made this friend on Facebook, that you actually could make a real oh. life friend <laughs> on yes. social media. And I think that yeah. relates to the business end of it too. It's like, oh, you actually can have a meaningful interaction with someone mm -hmm. that you've never met in person. Yeah. So here's something. Okay. So I have another business. I have two businesses. My primary business is my social media business, but then I also own a networking um, company too. Oh, cool. And so it's called keep it local. And it started just in my um, local area. And then one of my local friends, she said, Laura, what if I did a virtual chapter for you? And I'm like, Oh, mm -hmm. I said, that's pretty interesting. So she's been doing, gosh, virtual, she's been doing it for a couple of years now. Um, and it's, it's great. And so it's like this, we just do a zoom call like this mm -hmm. and we do 30 second commercials. We do a feature presentation. So even just getting involved in something like online networking like that will help you. And then your chapter members can help you, um, can help you, I guess, grow your page because here's something that, um, with social media and I call it the hat trick of social media, right? With every time you post, you want to get a like, a comment and a share. You want those three things out of every single post. So if you have a group of people that you network with and you all agree to like, comment and share on everybody's post, it's going to just expand your reach that much more. So, right. And what's the name of that? How can people become a part of that? I will give you, let me give you the link to that okay, website. Cool. And then I'll actually, because it's, I'll give you um, the virtual chapter oh, great. link. So give me, they meet on Friday mornings and we're Eastern time. So she's eight o'clock Eastern. And the funny thing is that this chapter is international. We've got people from France, um, Australia. I put it in the chat box on got Zoom. It. France, Australia, 
um, Norway, and we just had somebody join from Switzerland. And then I think we might have some Canadian people in it and then all across the United States. So, wow. Yeah, that's incredible. And people can go there. Um, You don't have to RSVP or anything. There's a Zoom link on the link that I sent. Um, You can just show up and say, hey, I heard Laura talking about this and she said I could come. (laughs) And you can. And you can. (laughs) Excellent. And Jill, Jill is so sweet. You'll love Jill. She is amazing. So, excellent. So I know it's early for the, the West Coast people. Because yeah. It's Eastern, but. <laughs> but that's good to know. And we have a lot of East Coast people here. So, yes. Um, very, a lot of them. So that's good. Um, oh. Although Aileen says she won't have her coffee in time for that. So, <laughs> you, we you don't mean, recommend Aileen join. <laughs> you don't have coffee. to show. If you want to, you can turn your video off. And people do that all the time, too. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, maybe That's it will awesome. expand to have a, yeah. a West Coast chapter. So that would be cool. That, that would be, be great. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like we've taken up a lot of Laura's time yes. today. It was and, and really, really, really incredible, though. That was That's so fun. helpful to us and I hope helpful to everyone else who was listening. It was I can tell it was. Thank you everybody. so much for your time and your expertise oh, sharing I'm all happy. that with us. A lot and it's of so fun. nice to meet you. We hope that yeah. we get to stay in touch with you and um, yeah. any way we can support what you're doing. You know, that that's what, that's what we, we, Nancy and I are here for, but also that's what this group is here for. So um, well, thank you. And you likewise, know, we'll, you, you guys too. And, and, and just don't be shy about connecting with me on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. I'm, I mostly hang out on Instagram. So I'd love to see you guys over there. So yeah. Perfect. And we'll post that's your great. Instagram handle after okay. too, so people can find you easily. Great. Then, um, Nan, do you want any announcements? Um, I don't think we have any announcements at the moment. I think okay. we're uh, I think we're caught up. Are we do have a live on we, Thursday. We're doing a live on Thursday. Um, I forget who it's with. Oh, that's horrible. Oh, Nicole Merrill. It's Nicole Merrill, who who pivoted her business um, when COVID happened, and and really is giving advice to people on how to navigate from a business perspective, navigate through these times, which even though people are starting to go back out again, there's a long ripple effect of what's happening here that um, yeah. we're all going to need to navigate for a while. So she's going to be great. Yeah. And, uh, yes. and then next week we have Stacy from Adventure Wednesdays. Yeah. I think that's in two weeks. Two weeks. Oh, yeah. Two weeks. I've lost all track of time. <laughs> <laughs> is it me? Does we, anybody know what day it is? But we <laughs> will be um, rescheduling the ones that we postponed last yeah. week solidarity with black lives matter so we'll let you know when those are happening absolutely and um i think we have one more box if anyone wants to buy it go now quick before it's gone yeah maybe Maybe next week we'll give you a little peek at what's inside of it if you haven't seen it yet yeah and we have uh 12 i think 12 or 16 what what is it no 16 to go to reach a thousand on our group on our group anyone who wants to join the group Please encourage them. And, um, and then uh, also next week, we're going to have a big announcement about something big that we're oh. planning in August. Yes, that's um, right. In support of Women's Equality Day. Yes. So Cliffhanger. So everybody, you're going to want to check back in because you're not going to want to miss this big announcement. Yes. That we've got yes. coming. Excellent. All right, everyone. Stay healthy. Stay passionate. We love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Laura. Really appreciate it.